all of a sudden there was no pressure anymore to make big days. There was no no need to stress about anything else. And that just made life a lot easier. Yeah, I appreciated that a bit. Because yeah. yeah, before then we were like, oh, we have to start making 25 mile days so then we can start building building more. And I think that's partially why you tripped because we were trying to go fast. Um, so yeah, so like, especially when we had our, had our break and then we got up back on the trail, we were limiting ourselves maybe 10 miles, 15 miles a day. So that Not even. meant that we could really take our time. Welcome to the Hiking Through Podcast, where we pull up a seat at the campfire and have a conversation about all things through hiking. I'm Erin Egan, and today's guests are Prometheus and Not a Minor, known off trail as Andrew and Laura MacGyver. They arrived at Campo looking like two British tourists and walked into Manning State Park as pure hiker trash. The Pacific Crest Trail 2019 was quite a trip, quite the trip. Missed miles due to circumstance led to a finish personifying the adage, smiles over miles. In this episode, we relive the five days of trail magic, walking toward home, fathoming the scale of it, and finishing those miles. You can find this episode at hiking-through.com, as well as on our brand new Hiking Through channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Apple Podcast and all the other podcast places. Enjoy my conversation with Prometheus and Not a Minor. It looks great. I, I was surprised. I don't know when you did Dignity's interview. Like, was that recently? Oh, Dignity did some of his own magic on his episode. Mm. Um, he put in a lot of his own photos and stuff like that. I was just like making note of his hairstyle. It's like, oh my god, very goodness. different. Yeah. Just um, from the last time, I have a picture of him and I. I can. I'll send you. Um, when we were at PCT days and when we were like the shaggiest, I think we've been, it was pretty, I don't think he meant for anyone to see that one. Well, there's always the before and after or the, uh, the before and after or the after and after, after, you know what I mean? Because it, oh it, it seems like yeah, when people start the trail, they have a look and their clothes, their clothes are all fresh and clean and you know, everything's exciting. Yeah. Um, and then you see him along the way and you see him at the end um, and things are a little scruffier. Things are a little dirtier. <laughs> things are definitely dirtier. Sure. I think like, like when, when I started, I had a full set of clothes on top of a second set of pants. And by the time I had finished the trail, I had one shirt and one pair of shorts. What happened to the rest of it? Um, <laughs> I think along the way. I think a lot of it went into hiker boxes. A lot of it went, some of it was sent home. Um, like I, I went in there looking like a British tourist, you know, and like I had my sun hat, I had my button up, I had gloves, I had my convertible pants and hiking shoes. And it was quite funny when I, when I look back in, in hindsight now. Um, look like such tourists compared to hiker trash at the end, I guess. <laughs> I did. I looked like I was just showing up to the museum that day and I was just going to take a few pictures and go home. You were, you were showing up at, at the Thru Hiker Museum 
and you had to do like a cast photo type of thing. Kind of, you know, if it was a sitcom and I just had like a cameo as like a wannabe through hiker, that's probably what I would have worn. Yeah. I even had like a chest mounted gimbal thinking that I was going to have like this brilliant like videography. But after like one week of watching the footage, it was just this static shots of just me hiking down the trail. It, it had no like skill. It, it just, I don't know what I was thinking. You were hopeful. I was hopeful. We watched so many like YouTube videos of all the, all the big names and we got really excited. And I was like, I'm going to make this feature film. And within a week, I was like, I'm not going to make a feature film. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Editing is a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly if you're trying to do it while also hiking and, and doing all of that. It was, you know, like I realized short, or not, not sure, like quickly that by the time, like, you're ready for bed. You're ready for bed. There's no like hour or two of fiddling around on things. Especially on your phone, like yeah. a tiny screen. Oh, is that where you were trying to edit? I was trying to, yeah. Oh. And I think what my 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 whole like goal of like being this like YouTube celebrity on the trail came crashing down. I made this one video. I edited it completely on my phone and I I bumped into a, a friend uh, just outside of Wrightwood and I told him hey, I want you to check out my video in town. So he checked it out and then he just told me how awful it was. <laughs> that there was like nothing in there that was any good. Um, and he's like, there's there's no progression. There's no, st-. He, he was, re- he had a big camera, you know, he was really into making the video. And after that, I was like, well, whatever. <laughs> Letting that go. <laughs> I know, I let it go. I had to, you know, focus on what was important. Yeah. Yeah, it was good though. Definitely. Um, what about your experience, Laura? How did you, your tourist vision meet actual trail? Um, I think the biggest shock to me at first was when we started off at Scout and Brodo's and they were, you know, after dinner giving us a talk about Leave No Trace. And I, I was like, oh yeah, I know about that. And then, but I, it never really occurred to me the whole thought process of having to um, take your used toilet paper with you because obviously it's a desert, like you can't bury it because it's just rocks and it won't like decompose in a short time. So that like was quite a shock at first. And like I did the thing where I taped up the dirty bag and I had the nice bags, so then I wouldn't see the toilet paper that was used. And like, I just looking back on it, it's just like, oh, like after like a couple of weeks, it just became second nature and doing it now, it's just like, oh, it's not a big deal. Just, you know, make sure you don't get the bags confused. That's all. Yeah. That could go very, very badly. Yes. Yes. Pretty sure that happened to you once. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That that was one of those, those, one of those stories that was supposed to remain on the trail. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, it's not really a graphic story, but it's just like Laura and I, we went through this phase of we were buying this like pre-sliced pepperoni and we didn't realize at the time that this pepperoni was actually making us, you know, mildly food poisoned. And every time we would what? eat it for our lunch right away, we would have to go run off into the forest and, and go to the bathroom. And I don't know why we never really put two and two together really quickly. Um, it might've just been the sun. I'm not sure. But, um, I remember like we had, it was only like a day into after like a town stop or resort, whatever. And I 
had that whole process started. And then I took the used toilet paper without thinking and just shoved it into a bag of new toilet paper and just got everything dirty and realized I still had four days to go now without any toilet paper. Um, and I just walked back thinking like, why is my used bag empty? And I'm like, mm. oh no. So <laughs> yeah, Laura and I, we, Luckily, um, we had like separate toilet paper because yeah. it's just easier to ration when you're just rationing for yourself as opposed mm-hmm. to two people. So I, I had enough, luckily. That was one of the first things we learned from another couple at the start to have like his and hers toilet paper instead of trying to share. But she would use that opportunity to extort favors from me later. So, oh, you want two slat, two little squares of toilet paper? You want to carry my bag for a little bit? I'm like, all right. Yeah, hey, okay. currency is currency. Totally. You know, it's like, it, I was surprised how every converse, not even some conversations with other hikers, but every conversation with a hiker, if there was ever a dead space in the conversation, it always turned into toilet talk. I mean, we've gotten there already, I guess. Like right now. <laughs> I know. Like we, we've basically started off with it. This is, yeah, this is great. Now I feel like I'm having a true hiker trash conversation. Too much, you know, Yes. you know, besides that and what you find like in the dirt and you eat it anyways, like that kind of like sums it all up. <laughs> so speaking of that, what, what did you find in the dirt that you ate anyway? Well, one was in the dirt. One sort of wasn't in the dirt, but, um, it was in Washington and there was this stretch of, I think it was like a 10 or 12 mile kind of gradual uphill climb that no one was really looking forward to. So there was a bit of a cluster of us camp right at the bottom. And then in the morning time, everyone got out and we started hiking up. And I just remember kind of with my head down, walking along the trail, I, every now and then there were these like, like gummies. I found like they were just sitting in the dirt. And I don't have any candies left. And I was just like thinking to myself, like, I'm going to do this. I know it. I don't want to. But I just got down. And I was like, looks pretty clean. And I ate it. And I immediately just felt so much better. And, you know, it just kind of propelled you to the top. And it was it was a little gross. But, you know, you did it anyways. You have to do it, I guess. It's survival. Were you Three second of- rule. Three se- five second See- rule. Yeah, it's like I think it might have been even a couple of day rule. Uh, I didn't know when it actually fell on there. I I, I tend to go through candies pretty quickly, um, especially near the end. Um, really, like you're super excited to finish, but your kind of like day to day morale is kind of fluctuates and sometimes high and sometimes low because you're kind of done it with it, but don't want it to end. It's really kind of complex and weird, you know. Laura, did you, I'm assuming that, I guess this is a question kind of for both of you as well, but I'm assuming that you also had separated a little bit some of your snackage at that point? Yeah, that's pretty normal. I think like we're pretty good at sharing things, but like in general, food is not a thing we share. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because I tend to ration my candies a lot better than he does. So like, um, I think at, at the end of like when we're getting close to the town, I start getting a bit more generous just to off like offload the weight. But at the beginning, like there's no sharing at all. <laughs> Not at all. No. no, it's currency also, you know. Yeah, I, I've heard it. I've heard people talk about Snickers bars. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised there was one time um, 
we met, what was her name? Um, the one that fell on the river. Remember when we had to rescue her trekking pole? Baguette. Baguette. We met her outside of, which was the trail pass in the Sierra there? Not Onion Valley, the other one. But anyway, so we were all waiting for a row, like a hitch out of this, like the 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 hitches out of the those lone like pine. lone pine, yeah. Like like I can't remember the the trailhead time, but um, the the rides come few and far between. So we're actually just sitting on the highway for a while, waiting for a ride to come. And she had some Twix bars that she didn't want anymore. So she gave them to me. But what I found out is it was mm-hmm. like, it was a gallon Ziploc bag of zip, of already opened Twix bars that had just all kind of melted together. Yeah. And I accepted this happily. And a good memory was like, I was at the McDonald's in Lone Pine enjoying the air conditioning. I had a McFlurry and some chicken nuggets mm-hmm. and my bag of Twix bars that I was eating just in the back of the restaurant, just kind of shamefully. And it was, and they'd mushed as well, so they weren't like individual ticks. That no, it was so all it was just like one mushed of like biscuit and like chocolate. <laughs> and I, I ate that for like three days before I got sick of it. <laughs> well, I could also like in my head, I can almost picture you also like first you eat the chocolate and the and the wafer and the whatever, but you know at a certain point, then you're you're licking the inside of that that. Uh, bag because it's covered in chocolate at this point it was it was a very primal experience yeah (laughs) like it was you know and um i can't do that in in normal life you know it's not how i bring my my lunch to work you know and it's um i could but it's not as socially accepted not as tasty you know no not at all you you don't appreciate it quite as much you don't You, you you appreciate really like small things after a few days eating twigs and berries yeah. <laughs> you went you went rogue totally oh yeah there was yeah it was fun like there was a couple of times where especially because washington i have all the stops in washington to like stop and do laundry all the time so it was like you just like go swimming in the lake with with your clothes on and you know your beard's all puffy and and you're eating berries you find and you're not sure if that mushroom's edible or not should you try it not 100 percent, but it got close a few times yeah you know it was fun what was each of your favorite things to eat out there oh lord you want to hit that one first like on the trail or like you mean just like in town on the tra- like is trail food not necessarily like town food okay trail food yeah yeah i mean like surprisingly those cliff the protein, yeah, like the, the builders' the, protein bars. Like I could eat one every day. Like I couldn't eat two a day, but I could eat one a day. And like I think we ate it for like four or five months. Yeah, which is quite a lot. And I still eat them now when we go hiking. So like surprisingly, like I still enjoy those. And like Luna bars are good also. And also like Sour Patch Kids can't go wrong with Sour mm. Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids, I would I could see totally being a great flavor change. It was. There's every single town you go to has a different flavor. I don't know how. <laughs> it's like every time there'd be a watermelon flavor, there'd be an orange crush flavor, classic flavors, you know, there would be a sour cherry flavor. It's so many different. And it just kept the hike new, you know? <laughs> Forget the mountain passes. You're like, is it going to be something else this time for Sour Patch? Sour Patch cookies, ice cream. Cereal. <laughs> if I if I could be sponsored by one company for the trail, it's probably be that. 
you'll have to you'll have to reach out to them next time for the next yeah. big trail. I, I'm going to start tagging them on social media. Yeah. Um, yeah. And totally. dried fruit, actually, from Trader Joe's, like the mangoes, and they had little circles of pineapples. Like they were so good. Like they I could eat those too. instead of candies. Yeah. I've heard I've heard from people I've heard people say that at a certain point, like you get into this is I'm now I'm kind of crossing the line that I draw drew for you, but that getting into town, like desperately wanting a salad, wanting greens and fruits and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. It was always milkshakes and pizza. Something like you either like want the calorie load or you, yeah, you want something fresh because you've been eating wraps and like dehydrated food the whole time. But yeah, fruits, like I think whenever like we've got trail magic and if it's like like watermelon, like that's just so amazing because it's like water and sweet and oh, everything you want yeah, crunched at the same time. Because we did that too, right? When we, we did a little bit of trail magic and we, we, Brought watermelon. Yeah. That got devoured quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was all chopped up in like a plastic bag, but it was fine. Like people were still like going in there with their hands because, you know, it was all pre COVID. So it was like fine. Yeah. You know, it's a different world. Looking back on those instances, I realized how susceptible we were to a pandemic. You know, <laughs> you can like we had, we had one egg of like the hands and two and never thought of anything wrong about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even any hand sanitizer. You know. some, but like, okay, yeah. there was a bit. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and grant you, this was pre-COVID, but you know, Giardia and some of those other things have knocked many a person off trail. Totally. Yeah. We uh, we've we've heard of a few. Um, there was the the a few guys. I can't remember their. One of them had a trail name. I think it was Giardia. Just yeah, be- as one young Giardia. Yeah, his his trail name. There's a YG. group. Yeah, YG was I think his name. Like we bumped into them a few times. They were really cool guys. And at first, like I thought they they kind of were like bros, like like you get at a frat party. But we were at the like Mill Creek Fire Station, and like the group of them were sitting in this little tight knit group mm-hmm. together, and they were reading a book by John Muir, and they would just take turns reading portions out of the book and just keep passing the book around and i was just kind of like amazed by that and you know we actually started getting to talking to them after a while and they they were actually like really cool guys but one of them i found what that was his nickname was gi or giardia because um something to do with filling his water bottles and then spilling all the dirty water all over his filters and Mm. everything and just getting all this everywhere and um, I don't even know if he actually got Giardia. No, no. <laughs> no, but he just was like prone to exposure, I guess. He was an accident waiting to happen. Kind of. Basically, yeah. You know? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, you just bring up a really interesting, Giardia aside, um, yeah. a really interesting dynamic of the trail, which is like you see people, you meet people who in other circumstances you would kind of go yeah i don't have i don't have anything in common with these people like mm. there there's there's nothing to talk about um but because you're all out in the trail you at least have that in common and then you start having the conversations and realize so much more about them totally you know it was uh, oh like some some people described it as like the great equalizer you know there was a lot of different walks of life that came on but 
you know, you never really felt excluded from any circle unless it was like the sub 10 pound base weight gram weenies that would only talk about what ultralight Dyneema tarps they had. I stayed away from them. Um, but everyone else that was included, like you would always have something to talk about. And, you know, you met so many different people. The only time you would exclude conversation really was like politics and religion. And that was it. Um, yeah, we, we met so many, so many folks, like, couple like on our third day we met out of tennessee like uh that was um the tennessee titans we nicknamed them them. yeah Yeah, just they're from tennessee they they were a fun couple and you know they had hiked the appalachian trail like several years ago and decades ago decades ago i didn't want to give away their age um (laughs) you know but they uh they were they were super nice they did a section i guess from campo to warner springs um yeah i probably would have never talked to him otherwise but everything kind of just you know was so much easier to talk about when when all everyone's struggles were the same out there you know yeah like yeah it was definitely uh uh easy to get along with people who for each of you who left the most the biggest impression on you from the people that you met out there Wow, that's, Ooh, that's, that's a big question. Yeah, that's 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 a tough one. You know, there was there was a lot. You know, like if I could break it in, just because Laura and I we hiked as a couple and we knew several couples that we spent a lot of time with, and we we all were pretty strong in the end. Like um, our two friends, like Cheers and Sunbear, who we met um at the stop at the, the second day. we basically hiked the entire desert section with them mm-hmm. um and they they got along i mean everyone all the c- couples had you know times when they wouldn't get along but like we all you know kind of played off each other and, and learned from each other and there was uh what funkmeister and antoinette like us you know tall white guy short asian lady and um you know the mismatch in strides was always a talking point between us you know like he's six foot plus laura's five foot she's like five she's short a bit taller than you but like we all kept up and we all kind of had those same struggles so it was nice to converse with them and um you know we also had our yeah like like they they made a big impact on us um, just being able to relate to another couple on trail because there's just so many solo hikers. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's nice to see like a couple that started as a couple and also ended as a couple, you know, <laughs> you know, so they, they had a big influence on us. And then I think outside of them, um, I mean, we hiked the, like most of the desert with ADL and fake news. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that kind of came back to the whole trail being an equalizer because ADL, he's in his seventies, but like a super fit, and like he's done, he's through hiked the trail before, and I think this was his fourth, third or fourth time doing the desert. So very familiar with all the landscapes. Like I think he was, um, you know, able to point out like several streams that had had water that year, but like hadn't that he'd never seen with water before. So like he was very familiar with the landscapes. And I think like 
yeah, like the fact that we met up every so often and he was able to give us some tips being like, oh, like, you know, this section is quite steep. You might want to tackle it in the morning, like make make the effort to go a bit further this day so then tomorrow you can start that earlier. So that was, I think, invaluable um, to, to have that experience with you because, like, you have gut talks, which has a lot of tips, but, like, having someone with you and talking through it, it's, it's also, like, yeah, just gives you that extra like confidence to keep going yeah i mean it's just a it's a it's a really hard question to you just you just meet so many people and they've all kind of affected your hike in one way or another that but like like for laura and i we had a very i'm gonna say very different but an, an unorthodox um through hike like since we didn't actually like complete every mile we actually spent about a month off trail on trail but off hiking recovering from a broken foot and um just sort of funneling through all these hikers that we had met you know and during that time we we had met joe and pam and this was in shelter cove in oregon and they weren't hikers they weren't hikers they were they were like retirees vacationing at the resort there and they Laura and Pam, they bonded and they went off for day hikes while I was just drinking Moscato in the morning on the front deck there. And then her husband, Joe, um, took me out fishing on his boat for almost a week. Um, yeah, trying to catch fish. Uh, apparently, I'm not very good at it, he said. <laughs> um, but we still managed to catch a few. And, and, you know, like it became less of like, you know, a and like an outreach or pity thing, but it was like, we really bonded into, you know, being friends for a while. We hung out their RV and they were playing music and everything and, you know, got a part of their lives. So it was pretty good. Did that surprise you? Like how easily you could slip in and out of people's lives and. A little bit. Yeah. You know, like, like we'd both done a lot of traveling before. Um, and it was kind of similar experience with, um hosteling and going around different countries but usually you wouldn't really see anybody again after that but on the trail you'd be you'd meet someone and then a month or two later you'd run into them again and it was like you saw a long lost friend of of years ago and like you're almost like yelling and screaming and you're on the deck of some deli in atrophy like oh my gosh i haven't seen you since so and so and the tourists are like what the heck's going on here yeah. <laughs> you know these two homeless people are yelling at each other <laughs> but like you're like oh my god and it was just it was just so cool like the you know the the vibe and like the the energy was, was unreal yeah i, I just remember when we like drove into the bishop and like we got a hitch and we literally were dropped off and we got out of the car and then we saw one hiker like walking down the street and then we walked down the street further and we saw like another bunch of hikers like it was just like kind of surreal and you get that sense of community even though you're just in this like random town that you've never been to just because you know I feel like it if it was a movie it would be the moment you have two people each on you know each side of the bridge and they spot each other and all of a sudden it's like oh my god and you just run in slow motion to each other yeah, so I think like crazy. Richard Gere's in that one. Pretty sure you, <laughs> sure you have is. done that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You know, especially though we took a little side trip to Vegas, uh, waiting out the uh, Sierra for a little bit. And um, you kind of forget you're not a through hiker anymore. Um, you're just wandering the, the Vegas Strip. 
again, kind of a little shaggy looking and um, realized that not everyone on the street's your friend anymore. So, <laughs> you know, the guy that wants to just do a little card trick for you for a couple of dollars, you know, is actually trying to take all your money. <laughs> kind of have to remember. Hiker. Got to stay, got to stay grounded, you know, <laughs> not a celebrity yes. anymore. How did you guys adjust for or work through the difference in your stride lengths? Well, do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Because I'm just <laughs> going to be complaining the whole time. I mean, I think like, isn't like we just have to get to a point where, like, we just say, okay, we'll meet in, we'll meet here, like, may, not too far, like maybe a mile or two ahead, um, because we only had one in reach, which Andrew had, um, so that's probably. I guess one thing, like if we were to do it again, maybe we'd have two. So then we could do that distance a bit further. We're going to do it again. If we All were. Right. <laughs> you got, you still got some miles to do. Yeah, I know. I know. Till we had every, we had tried Laura always being in front and mm. me complaining from behind. Yeah. Uh, we tried <laughs> me always being in front and complaining from the front. Um, none of that really worked. So I think eventually we just kind of had like a mile or two distance at sometimes. And then um, I would just stop or I decided like, oh, I'm going to go on this little side trail. I'll meet you in a couple hours. And that's one thing we kind of learned from some of the other couples we met. It's like, they don't always hike together all the time. And excuse me, <laughs> wow. you know, edit that out. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, and then, um, yeah, that, that, that was a, that was a good, good part of, um, uh, like couple advice was not always having to hike together. So you really just run out of things to talk about. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> yeah. There was like, I was surprised we still talk to each other now. Like, like we went through so much like, Oh, how are you today? Good. Oh, whatever. I saw you in the tent like five minutes ago. <laughs> of course you're fine. Yeah. The time you like, the only time you're not together is like when you're doing your like toilet business. Otherwise you're together all the time. <laughs> Yeah. So it's nice to have a little bit of a break. And um, yeah, like we, we started listening to podcasts um, partway through. And that's like a good way to learn and also just to have something else to talk about that isn't the trail, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But, but not hiking together all the time was the key. I could imagine that that would give you a little bit of space to do your own thinking and stuff like that you're not there's not the pressure of either being slower or keeping up or you know all of that kind of stuff you you get to have some of your own experience like one of the things we we were like i like to whenever we had like a long uphill i always like to just put on some music and just kind of power through it where laura wanted to take it a little less aggressively and so it kind of just became something where I'm just going to go all the way to the top and then take a break and then I'll meet you when you get there. And that kind of seemed to work better than kind of trying to tackle it together. Unless it was something dangerous, like a mountain pass, we would do it together. Um, but otherwise, yeah, we would just kind of split up on those things yeah. and made it easier to do your own thing. Definitely did that a lot in Washington. <laughs> Washington has a lot of mountains. Yes. Few, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The the question that comes up into my mind as I'm listening to you guys is, uh, actually, there's a couple of questions that come up into my mind. But one of them is, you know, you, Andrew, being the faster hiker, for obvious reasons, um, you get to someplace, then you stop and you rest. 
um, or you're resting essentially while you're waiting. And Laura, that means that you're essentially always hiking. Like you don't get those same type of rests um, that he was necessarily getting. Like, how did that impact you? How did it impact your body? Well, I guess like, because like you said, like I knew that was happening, that he'd be resting while away. So like generally when he would be hiking and he'd hike out of sight, I'd just take a break by myself because <laughs> I knew that, <laughs> that I would get it later. I was like, always wondering, like, why is it taking you this long? And then she finally gets to the top. Like, oh, I, I had a lunch for a half an hour. And I'm like, I've been waiting for you for that. <laughs> no, I said maybe like a 10 minute break or like Andrew likes to take photos. So sometimes like he's, he just wants to get the right angle. So I'll just be like, oh, I'm going to just start hiking because I know that you'll catch up with me. So that's not going to be an issue. It's important to get the right angle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Angle lighting. I don't know what it was. Are we are we allowed to use profanity on the on the podcast? Yes, you are allowed. So someone had told me it's like called like a fuck you break, where <laughs> I go all the way to the top of the hill and then I wait for Laura, and as soon as she gets to me, we just keep going. It's kind of like fuck yeah. you. Okay, let's go. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. She she developed her own strategy very quickly of uh, knowing that by the time she got there, I'd want to leave. So she just did her own thing, which well, worked. Well, I just call you out. I'd be like, you had a break. I want a break now. It's my turn. Yeah. It was always good. Except for mosquito time. Oh yeah. No, no one gets breaks on mosquito time. <laughs> no. no, we actually made our record of like, I think at one point for like the first half of the morning, I think we were getting close to averaging like five miles an hour or something because we were just hiking fast enough that the mosquitoes weren't getting you. That's yeah. like the only time where I'd hike as fast as he was because I'd just been trying to get get away from the mosquitoes. Just just hearing it, you're just like, oh my gosh, it's like gets in your head. Oh, I was sometimes yeah. saying like, Laura, hang on, I got to catch up, you know, <laughs> she's kind of like the roadrunner. Mosquitoes are a great incentive. Mm, yeah, yeah, especially like when you accidentally camp like right next to like their breeding area. <laughs> I take yeah. it you did that at least once? Or we're just like waking up, it's like, 7 30 in the morning we're like why is it still so dark and it's like the mesh on our tent is just a wall of like a thousand wow. mosquitoes waiting to get in and i'm like perfect my backpack's outside the tent with the bug spray <laughs> and i'm like hmm they're yeah yeah it's brutal yeah i've yeah they're relentless that that's what uh gives you ptsd yeah you know like it actually made like Anytime you were hiking, like hours of thought in your head as to why mosquitoes were created on this planet. And no one's been able to answer that question. Yeah, why they exist. It's like just to annoy humans. It's got to be. I don't know. <laughs> was that, was that the, the explanation you guys came up with? Just to annoy? Just to annoy me. Yeah. This is made to annoy me. This is why they're here. They've been training up until this very moment. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation. I just don't know. it. Yeah. I have no idea why mosquitoes exist either. It's not like they're know. pollinating anything. No, no. I, I, they're just carrying disease no. and like, that's it. And they can't get animals as much as us. Cause we don't have like fur. So it's like, mm-hmm. we're the target. <laughs> yeah. That's why, you know, like, we had a chance. There was a long time ago, there was a giant boat and they took two of every animal and they just had to not take two mosquitoes and we would have won. But they couldn't do it. 
but they couldn't do it. And now look at what happened. <laughs> you know, so I stuck that close. So upset. Oh well. Now, now why on. did why was Andrew carrying the inReach all the time? Because it's heavier. That was true. <laughs> this is a weight thing. Well, yeah. like it came down to like Laura. You know, she only weighed like eighty pounds. Nice. Am I supposed to say that? Yeah, Fifty nine, pounds, pounds with food and water would have still been twenty pounds, and same. And so I would try to what I could offer um, that included the 352 gram uh, in reach <laughs> that we use um, check the weather every now and then uh, that's really that was it why well, she carried the, the this is another mistake we made we only had one trowel uh, she, <laughs> she carried the trowel <laughs> so it was a trade off but it was fine and Andrew carried the tent so that was useful it was fine yeah. yeah but that meant like we couldn't we always had to like be together because i know i think some we met a few couples who had separate tents and i think mm-hmm. most of the time they slept like in the same camp spot but that gives you the option if you feel if you don't feel like sleeping together then you can and if you really like the separate. camp spot and you don't want anyone else to bother you you can set up both tents <laughs> to take up all the space and have your own little palace but yeah, yeah that's that's how we kind of we just split stuff up I could also see like if you each if each person is carrying their own tent, that would give you the extra space to potentially be able to bring your back your pack in and a little bit just a little bit more room to kind of spread out a little. Yeah, I was always like I was always concerned. Like I just um because most a lot of like the hiking around here in Vancouver, there's the campsites get overrun with like mice and rats and squirrels and chipmunks. So I've just had too many experiences of like mice running all over your tents that I never keep anything at all inside. And like at nighttime, every night I'll just open up all the pockets in my bag. So nothing will chew holes into it. Um, I'm happy. I'll see the mice running into the hip pockets, but at least they're not like chewing through it. Um, and so, yeah, we just, I just got in a habit of like never keeping it inside. So except for, yeah. Yeah. Except for the only concern when, no, even when there was deer, we didn't want to keep the stuff inside. Yeah. In Northern California. It, it sounds like you have a, a a few experiences with the deer there. I'm sure everyone does. <laughs> you know, there's kind of like a point around mile, like I think it was like 1451. I'm pretty confident that was it. Where the comments on gut hook started popping up of like crazy mule deer. And that didn't really end until you got to Oregon. and you know, like we, we had set up camp on this like beautiful little spot, you know, the, we had dinner on this little rocky platform that like outlooked the forest and Mount Shasta in the background. Like it was stunning, brilliant sunset. We go to bed at around like 1030. I remember hearing like this crunching footsteps around the tent and I'm thinking like, oh, it's just the wind. And then I hear like crunch, crunch, crunch breathing. And I'm like, this is it. This is, this is the end, you know, <laughs> and, you know, I, I look out and you just kind of see these like beady eyes glowing in the bush. And your first thought is like, oh no, this is like, I'm going to have to fight a, a an apex predator now. <laughs> and then you see like these stupid donkey ears and like this, then you get out and you're like, oh, it's a stupid deer. And you, you throw a rock at it, you try to chase it away. And then 
10 minutes later, there's five deer. <laughs> Bring their friends. Yeah. And so we're like, and they keep coming up to the tent and we're just, we just decide, you know, we're just going to hike. We're going to pack up. And we're just going to leave at like midnight. And that was just a losing battle. We got lost. And then we found the trail again. Oh, no. But it was an evolution though. Like by the time, like the, the and like another week had passed, you know, you would hear the noises and you'd be like, oh, it's just deer. And you go to sleep, you know, you just got used to it. Did you have any run-ins with encounters with apex predator? Um, we, we bumped into like, I think seven bears. Um, but, and I almost stepped on two rattlesnakes. Um, that was really funny because they happened about five minutes apart. Mm-hmm. Oh um, like we were just coming out of Dunsmere and I've stepped over what I thought was a stick until it started to move between my <laughs> legs. And I realized it was a rattlesnake. And it totally like just kind of scurried up into the little bank of the trail there. And I could see it there. And Laura comes up. And I'm like, Laura, be careful. There's a rattlesnake up there. I almost stepped on it. And so we all kind of calmed down for a minute. And I turn around to go up the trail. I take three strides. And Laura's like, Andrew. And I'm like, what? And it's like, there's a rattlesnake right there, like right next to my left foot. And I was like, so after that, I asked like, Laura, can you just go in front now? I can't walk up the hill anymore. You know? Yeah. And another time you just walk straight past. Like, it's it. It's our age. It's like the, the rest is like, well, sadly colored, but he, like he was fine. But I just couldn't. I think I tend to look down a lot more than he does. He tends to look forward. and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, trees, clouds. Ooh. And then she's like, watch out for the snakes. I'm like, ah, oh, what snakes? Our friend, uh, Fake News, she was like, when we were going either, was it out of or into Tachapi? Can't remember. Out of? Anyways, around that area. And uh, I think he was actually like, there's this little tiny ditch. And I think he was either going to the washroom or like trying to. And he had kind of tripped and stumbled into this ditch and landed like right next to like a fully grown rattlesnake that was all kind of curled up but apparently was sleeping and naturally like he tells us this story and I'm like, okay, but whatever, <laughs> you know? And then he like brings us over and then you just see this giant rattlesnake. And you're like, damn man, why didn't I believe you earlier? And he was shaking yeah. like, oh, with good reason, but yeah, he was totally. like, trembling. I just thought like, the adrenaline. I was like, yeah. your trail name is fake news. <laughs> you know? So I'm going to take this one with a grain of salt, but it was real. So it was pretty good. Speaking of trail names, how did each of you get your trail names? And what are your trail names? Well, my my trail name is Prometheus. And it had nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> um, but it kind of came out of Warner Springs. It was innocent enough. Um, we were all sitting around in complete darkness. And um, I had my water bottle with me. And I had my cell phone with me. So I just put the flashlight down on the ground and then put the water bottle on top and it made this lantern that kind of lit up the little circle of friends that we had made and someone yells out prometheus the bringer of light and someone else was like dude you should take that take that and i was like (laughs) okay fine i took it um because i was on like there was like this other trail lane that was kind of floating around a little bit before that and um what was it again it was like buttercrack or something (laughs) because the desert was really hot and I had like pants and underwear on and I was complaining that there was like a lot of like churning butter in your 
nether region. And so someone had said like butter crack. And when I told the lady at Warner Springs, when she asked me, she's like, what's your trail name, dear? And I was like, it's butter crack. And she's like, <laughs> honey, you can wait for a better one. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And just that night, the trail provided and I got a better one. Laura? Yeah, it was a good name. I know. It kind of, it stuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. My name was not a minor, like minor, like an underage, not the mm-hmm. gold minor. Um, and that came about because when, when we, were coming, we were coming out of Warner's, no, we were coming out of Julian. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot of uphill. And I think at some point, we were coming up this hill and sort of above us, there was a woman with her, I think, for like pre-teenage son. And she just saw us and she was like, oh, there's like another kid on the trail, like looking at me. I'm like, oh, no, like I'm I'm 30 years old. I'm not a child. And then um, so I kind of mentioned that story when we were Warner Springs. And that reminded me of another story where I was on a plane like by myself, like I think I was like 20, 24, 25. And then as we were about to take off, the flight attendant comes over to me and she was like, oh, would you like an activity bag? I was like, I was on my phone. I was like, oh, no, thank you. She was like, it's a gift. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take it then. But um, yeah, so that's that's kind of why I'm not a minor because I'm clearly not um, underage. <laughs> yeah, that lady asked me, is, is that a kid with you? And I was like, no, it's my 30-year-old wife. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I just, because the hat, I only saw the hat. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's not you the know. first time. No, it won't be the last time. Well, no. now that you've been officially dubbed not a minor, it seems like it's probably going to be a little bit of standard fare here. Yeah. A lot of moisturizer. You know, <laughs> it works. Yeah. And I'm like, not a senior. We kept joking about that too later <laughs> on. It's like, if she's not a minor, you should be not a senior because people always confuse you with a senior. And I'm like, guys, it's not funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because then he's beard gray. It's all gray. So it just I got these two long, like gray lines older. going down it. Yeah. It's quite it's I've quite, seen those pictures. Yeah, it's oh, quite yeah. <laughs> forgot about those pictures. Man, that the hairdresser, um, when she saw me, she she was like I need to take photos for my portfolio because this is a transformation haircut. So she was taking photos of me uh, for her, for her booklet for the before and after. And, you know, I tried to like kind of be more discreet when I walked in there because I didn't want it to look, <laughs> but as soon as like I took the hat off and I took, you know, like everything was a mess. She did a great job. I had to tip her quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the picture that you have with that, or not the picture, the uh, the description of the story that you have with that, you were you were kind of sort of describing all the things that maybe could be living in your beard or could be stuck <laughs> in your beard. Yeah, there was um, like three birds, a squirrel, a marmot, um, 12 beetles. And they were trying to get to the leftover Fritos that were stuck in his beard. There was one time I realized I had avocado in there for like an hour. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, rem- I don't even think, I just came upon it afterwards and was like, I probably ate it, (laughs) but I just, yeah, like, like, cause my favorite snack to eat was actually like a slab of that spam with some barbecue sauce and fresh avocado and then the Fritos chips and like a little wrap. And I would eat that as like my snack, kind of like the first day or two out of town when we could carry fresh food. And 
yeah, I think that would always get into the beard because, you know, you're just shoving it in there. <laughs> so time to breathe. The beard is as good as a bib. Oh, it's great. It just does does everything. It tells you when it's windy, you know, when it's raining. Uh, it does so much more than just, you know, make you look good. Insulation. Yeah. You have cotton zippers when you're trying to do your jacket up. You don't know it's caught until you move your head and you scream because <laughs> it's beers in there. Yeah. You know, not all fun and games. How did each of you come to be doing the trail or to do the trail? Um, well, Laura really got me into it. I'm just joking. Um, well, I, I had heard about this trail um, that kind of went, it was like this long trail, like, but this was like years ago, like um, probably like going back to like scouts. And that was it. I didn't really hear much about it again until um, really until we watched, first we watched Wild. I know I'm on the fence being one of those people but then we it kind of rejuvenated this idea of like oh let's go do this but this was like 2017 2018 where i was like yeah let's 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 um so we'd like to like travel and like stop our lives every now and then mm -hmm. and then go out and do something outrageous and before that it was always going overseas and backpacking for a while so this idea of we already like to hike and I thought this one would be fun. And then we started kind of just watching a lot of admittedly like watching a lot of like the YouTube personalities um, started with, it started with who was it away with Ingrid. There was, there was two, two women. Uh, one was dirty avocado uh, or Cotezi hikes. And there was another one um, away with Ingrid. I watched two of those because I think they just had like really cool, uh, you know, YouTube channels and just the way they presented it. And then when we ran out of watching those, we started watching Dixie, watched a bit of Darwin. Um, I'm sure if he sees this, I love Darwin. He's great. Um, <laughs> and then, um, um, yeah, that kind of got us into it. And then we obviously started watching, everyone got on board with like second chance. So that kind of like motivated us to like get into it. Right. Cause it started to become this like big thing. And then, um we finally committed when we told our friends we took them out mm -hmm. for breakfast and we told them we're hiking the pct next year and they're like fuck you no you're not <laughs> they, laughed. they laughed at us and they didn't believe us and even when we left they're like whatever you're still on vacation um you'll be that's back basic. yeah you'll be back in a month or two we actually had like a plan too like we weren't entirely sure if we would be able to do the whole distance um so we had like a plan for like, okay, if we fail after two weeks, we're just going to, we're going to go to Europe. And then if we take like a couple of months and then we fail, we'll go to Disneyland or something, you know, and um, make a holiday out of it, make a holiday out of something. Right. But, you know, we both had jobs that, you know, we're, we're good, but you know, you kind of get burned out a little bit after a while and you want to go and do something that's a bit outrageous. It's a good conversation starter in interviews. Yeah, definitely. So, Laura, how See did Laura. you come to it? Um, or was it kind of as part of where, uh, where Andrew was kind of heading? Or the, the... Um, I think it's fair to say I kind of went along for the ride with Andrew. Um, I was pretty apprehensive with the idea. Um, I was a bit, at first I was like, oh, you can go do it. I don't really like want to do this. I don't, I don't want to be camping for six months 
Was um, that, was it, that ever the option? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <I'm sorry. laughs> um, but then, like, I was like, oh, I don't want to be apart for six months. That's quite a long time. Um, and then I was like, well, I can always just give it a go. And then, because at that point, I think Andrew was starting to do some like practice hikes as well, just a bit more challenging, dialing, dialing in the gear. So then I was kind of going along too. So I was like, you know what, I can, I can go with and then see how we go. So yeah, like I'd say, I, yeah, it wasn't my, it wasn't my idea, but I definitely enjoyed it at the end. We kind of made a deal with each other that like prior to this hike, we said, okay, because we're a couple and we support each other's dreams, like you pick one thing, could be anything you want, and you pick that, and then we'll both work together to make sure you can go and achieve that. So she picked her thing, which is it's now changed a few times. Um, and then I'd pick this this hike. And that was kind of the compromise that afterwards we would go and do something that she solely wanted to achieve that would be difficult to achieve on her own. Right. Yeah. Come like that. <laughs> so what was the comparable thing for, for you, Laura? Um, it was traveling to Europe again, because like we'd lived in the, lived in England for a couple of years, but there were still places that I wanted to visit. Um, so I'm still, still deciding like, like either Europe or maybe South Africa. Um, but yeah, now with COVID, it's all up in the air. So we'll see, yeah. but at least like, yeah, the, like, like a long trip as well, not just like a couple of weeks, maybe a month if possible. Mm. But yeah, we'll see. I, I'm wondering, like, how do you, I'm assuming it doesn't have to be quote unquote equivalent because, you know, six months is hard to match, you know, and particularly, I guess, in, in a PCT type of way where you're in it every day. Mm. Yeah, it's um, just like important to that person, you know, she's always wanted to see a South Africa. So I was like, okay, let's go do it then. Yeah. You know? After seeing the Lion King. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know it's not going to be the Lion King, but I think it'd be pretty awesome. It'd be pretty close. You know, the animals talk. <laughs> of course fine. they do. Yeah. They talk to us on the PCT. You know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any conversations with the squirrels and marmots? There was a few. Yeah. yeah. There was a few. You kind of talk to trees too. Oh, I definitely talked to deer a bit as well. I was like, stay away. Like, <laughs> stay away from my poles. There was one bear we actually had a conversation with. Uh, it was the first bear we saw, and it was just out of Chester. And, you know, we're just kind of plugging along on the trail, minding our own thing. And I turn, I'm in the front, and I turn around to Laura, and I'm like, Laura, this is the water source coming up. And I'm looking at Laura, and she's just looking at me like this, like, like that you know (laughs) and i'm like what's wrong and i look just down the trail and like 10 feet in front of us this little juvenile brown bear just sauntered onto the trail and he's he has his back facing to us so he doesn't even know we're there that's the most bizarre thing and i'm there i'm like trying to remember all my training from (laughs) back in boy scouts about how to go and deal with bears and i do what's natural the most and i just yell at him (laughs) but the way i yelled at him was kind of like when a friend inconveniences you because I was just like, Hey, like that instead of like, Rawr. and then the bear was just kind of funny. Cause he just kind of, you could see his ear move first to go behind. And then he just kind of like looks over his shoulders, like who's talking to me. And he sees me and he's like, no, and he books it down the trail. 
And we go around the corner and he's like runs up the hill and you can see he's hiding behind a tree and he just kind of pokes his head around the tree to see if we're still there. And um, <laughs> he's like, I'm like, you stay there. And he's like, I'm going to. And that was it. Like that was, that was quite the experience. Yeah. Seemed pretty young. Which would beg the question, like, where's the rest of the family? <laughs> you wonder, you know, like mom wasn't there. We saw like this, I don't know. Mom must have been around, but it was like I was just kind of coming around like the sort of bushel and trees and then the trail. And then I just sort of saw like a bear cub kind of just run across and then away, but I never saw anybody else. So I don't know where the whole family was. Never wanted to find out either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, don't necessarily go searching for those things out there. Mm. <sighs> what? What was the first thing, like when you guys started, and as you said, you were tourist PCT people at that point. Yeah, that was us. <laughs> what was the first night or what was the first day night like for each of you when it started? Did it start to sink in what you were going to do? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. Like you're looking out at the monument, right? And you're kind of up on a little hill and you can just... You can see a little town of Campo and then way off in the distance, you can see mountains and you're like talking to yourself and you're like, that's Canada. And then you're like, no, wait, no, it's not. Can't even see Canada anymore. <laughs> it doesn't really like it. It's it sunk in really quickly that it's going to be a long time before we're ever in Canada. And I think by the end of the first day, um, we started to get a, an idea of what like, the daily routine is going to be like, cause it's not like overnight camping at home where you hike all the way to your campsite, hang out for the night and then go home the next day. It's like, there's a naps involved. There's lunch involved. There's another nap involved and eventually you make it there. Um, but yeah, the, the first day we had planned just to hike 10 miles. We ended up getting all the way to Hauser Creek. Um, and then setting up, setting up some camp there. Um, yeah, it, it kind of sunk in probably the next few days, like how everything was going to be. How are you? Yeah, I think it wasn't until like our first town stop where it kind of started sinking in. Because I remember when we were driving to the monument, I was just, I was in my head, I was like, I don't understand how we're going to walk all that distance. Like, like I get like, each day you walk at this a, a little bit and it gets you get there but like I just couldn't fathom like the scale of it and I'd like even it wasn't probably until like after like we got halfway where I was like oh like we can actually do this like because we're halfway so we're, we're almost there like well we've done most like part of it like enough of it to be like okay like we can do this but I think yeah it was in the first town stop um where I felt like, oh, like, you know, we've been hiking for five days now. You're kind of starting to get into a routine. You've met quite a few few people on trail because you're quite bunched up at the start still. And, like, the first town stop and you, you go in, you're, like, really dirty and you just want to eat something and then you kind of notice people looking at you and you're like, oh, like, I, I feel a bit different from everyone else now. And I think that's that's when you... That's when I started to kind of understand a bit more the whole hiker trash name because, like, yeah, you, you just looked very scruffy. And then, like, further down the road, you just don't really care at 
anymore, which is also very liberating, I, I thought. Um, but yeah. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> that what, was good. I, I guess kind of go bumping on what you were just saying there about being it being liberating. Like, what did you take away from the whole experience for each of you? Like, for me, because we were out in nature all the time, like so much more than usual life, I think I became, I became more appreciative of our impact on like trail and on, and on our surroundings. So like, for example, like leave no trace, like that became much more important to, to me because especially when you come across certain parts of the trail where you maybe have a lot more people because of day hikers and just it's a popular part of the trail, you you do see sometimes like toilet paper in the bushes and it's really disgusting. And for me, I was like, I don't want to be that person less like enjoyable for the next person. So for me, that was the biggest impact. Like being on the trail was like our how we interact in the environment and like how we rely on it as well, like water sources. Um, was so important and like having a tree to have some shade. Um, yeah, that was how, what I took away. I feel like for me, I was always that friend in everyone's friendship circle that always insisted we walk <laughs> if we're going to wherever. I'm like, oh, let's just walk. So I kind of reinforced that. Um, so that was great. Um, but I think prior to actually doing it, the trails just getting to complete it or like complete like a majority portion of it, like just seemed unrealistic or impossible prior to, like I had no idea that we would actually get that far. And by the time we were done and finished it, it made me kind of put into better perspective that any other parts of my life that I felt I couldn't actually do or were really impossible to accomplish I could do. I just had to actually work at it or try at it, you know, and put effort into it. And it was a lot easier than I would think if I if I just at least started. And that's kind of a a big thing, you know, like you know that kind of helps you in like day to day. The the trail in that respect is a is a great reinforcement for it because you're right. Like yeah. it it seems so big. It, overwhelmingly big when mm. you start and when you think about it um and every day you just keep cutting away or chipping away at the miles and it's amazing to me how fast it adds up it adds up really quickly and it's you go through all these like mini achievements through like six months that would take you otherwise like years to do and you finally get home and people just want to know how many animals you saw or the mountaintop you climbed. And once you tell them, they're like, cool. All right, well, let's go do something. And you're like, but wait, you haven't heard about that time. Someone offered to do my laundry for free, <laughs> you know, you know, so, you know, there's all, yeah, you have so much that you experience and like no one to tell it to, which kind of makes you feel bad at the end, but so your own personal journey, right? Well, I guess that's in that respect, because you guys are a couple and you both had the experience, like there's somebody right there who understands and appreciates it. 
True. Like I'll start going on like one of my long, like, like introverted kind of like journeys in a conversation. And Laura's be like, I was there. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, I know. Whatever. I remember. I remember. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I was there. Remember? And you pushed me over. Yeah. I, that was me. Yeah. Yeah. So we do, we do reminisce. We still have, we bought like, we have like a poster on the wall there. Um, in the house and you know we have our our like same kit we take out to all our overnight hikes that we do now and you know we kind of live live the uh nostalgic dream every now and then i feel like that's sort of unless you go out and are like doing it again at that point it's it's all a nostalgic trying to get back to yeah it's like you don't want to like spend all my time daydreaming of you know, what it was, you know, I try to take that magic or like that feeling of hospitality and, you know, giving without needing to receive and kind of just apply that to everything. Um, And then every now and then too, you run into people that are hiking the trail this year and you want to help them out as much as you can uh, and just try to return all those favors that people did for you. I just came back from a hiking trip and I saw this guy, um, at the lake with a Waymark backpack. And I was like, Hey man, nice backpack. Um, I, I know the guy or know the guy, but I met him at trail days and, um, on the PCT and it's like, no way you hiked here. I'm like, yeah, he's like, I'm hiking it this year. And before you know, we exchange numbers and, and, uh, contact information. We're chatting and, you know, and all you meet someone, you know, it's kind of cool that way. Yeah. That it, that having that in common and it's not just that it's about, like you did the PCT and he's did the, he's doing the PCT. Like it does, it crosses trails as well. Totally. You know, and he has like a boatload of questions about being a Canadian hiker, going to the States, like how you work out the logistics of shipping stuff to and from. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, just be ready for this terrible system of measurements. When you go into the post office, <laughs> um, like you, it's just fun to mess around with the postal workers and just throw metric at them for fun and see what they say sometimes it's funny sometimes it's not <laughs> um and yeah just be all canadian it's great people will love you you know okay. exactly <laughs> i, I can Actually, imagine go no no you go for it i was gonna say i could imagine like because you guys did nobo so you start at campo you come out into the northern terminus into mammy park and the lodge and then you head home like it's right yeah. there but I could mean I could imagine if you were Canadian, particularly if you're from BC or Vancouver, it would be a great indignity to have if you were going Sobo, to have to come over the border and then hike 30 miles into the border to then come back out again. Yeah, I think um Laura mentioned that as one of the reasons why we decided I was actually thinking about starting southbound, just I heard it was a quieter experience. Laura's like, if I'm doing this with you, I'm not going to be walking away from home. <laughs> I'm going to be walking towards like, it. Every step is towards home. That's my motivation. Yeah. Well, that's part of my motivation, at least. And I was like, fair enough. Okay. I'm not going to argue. You're, you said yes. We're going to do it. It's fine. That's right. You got the yes. Run with yeah. it. I'm not fighting for anything else. No. No, we actually, yeah, it was, it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Going southbound did not remain in contention for long at all. No. <laughs> Southbound? No. no. <laughs> that was the end of that conversation. Yeah, it was simple. It was short and simple. 
Yeah, you know, just 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 like you. Or no, sort of beautiful. <laughs> oh. yeah, not simple. Anyways, moving on. I just cut that part out. <laughs> um, you guys did have to get on trail, off trail. Sorry, when you broke your foot. Yeah. What happened? And I would imagine also when you found out what how bad it was that there was a moment of do we continue? Do we not continue? How do we do this now? Yeah. So it all started innocently enough with me not paying attention to where I was walking. And I tripped on this tree branch and tumbled down the side of this trail and took a pretty good spill and I kind of hurt my knee. So I started favoring that leg with my other foot. And then after a few days, um, noticed like this kind of aching, slightly sharp pain in my foot. And like any, everything else, when you're hiking, you just walk it off, mm-hmm. you know, it'll eventually go away, but this one wasn't going away. And it got to the point where I just couldn't put absolutely any weight on it whatsoever. And this was happening just as we were getting into or on our way to Crater Lake. And I got to Crater Lake with my bummed up foot and it was quite swollen now. And to my surprise, every PCT hiker is a doctor. I didn't know that. (laughs) Everyone is a doctor. Um, Some homeopathic, some medical, but everyone has a degree. And it was quite amazing. So I had many opinions, um, stayed there for a few days, waiting for it to hopefully go down, which it didn't. And then um, ended up getting a, a ride from Stark Naked. She took us, she was got off trail, but she was trail angeling uh, some of her friends by driving up and down with her truck and supporting them. So she drove us back to Ashland. I, I hate to break oh, in sorry. on this, but I feel like I, I need, since I have spoken with Stark Naked um, and Stark Naked is now using the pronouns they and them. Oh, they and them. Okay. Yeah. So they were, um, um, we went down to Ashland and then I, was able to receive my uh, medical treatment, and then they gave me they gave me some steroids and just told me to not walk on it for a while. <laughs> Thank um, you. So yeah, I went and um, managed to go and spend like I think five six days in Ashland, just like waiting. Um, and then afterwards, I was just kind of walking on it um, here and there, and um decided okay i think we're good to go Um, at that point did you know it was broken they they never told me like i guess i want to say it was broken like like they said like it was um like a like a stress fracture Mm -hmm. so not like this like terrible like break but they they said like it shouldn't it should heal like at least quicker than what like a normal bone would do and it was just something in one of like the the bones in your toe and I think just from like overuse and yeah, they just said, you know, stay off it for a few weeks. And, you know, I was like, well, I can't cause miles are starting to add up. Right. So I've seen the season get, slip. I got to get back on trail. And, um, so yeah, after five, six days, we arranged with a trail angel. Um, they were, you know, going to drive us out back up to Mazama village, Mazama. Yeah. Crater Lake. <laughs> and I got back there, hiked, um just thinking of another story but anyway hiked around like the 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 rim creek there and 
we were, everything was going fine. So I kept pushing it, kept pushing it. And then as we got into like Windigo pass, um, I remember just all of a sudden this like dagger feeling in my foot just popped out of like, just from like one stride. And it was like, I knew it was like over then I thought like, I can't even walk on this foot anymore. And we were going around like Crescent Lake to like where the horse camp is and kind of just stumble into the horse camp where they are like quite PCT friendly. And we met Jim and Jerry Jervis who were like the camp hosts there. And we kind of got off to a comical, but funny um, introduction when, cause I can be quite sarcastic and you know, they, I just, the first thing I blurted out of my mouth was if they had ice cream, I don't know why um, I, I was asking for ice cream anyway, but they, anyway, they, they took kind of, a bit of pity on me at first and gave me some ice packs for my foot. We bonded over the course of the evening and they drove me up to shelter Cove, uh, the next morning and, um, were managed to go and, um, or I stayed there for like two weeks, almost I spent two weeks there, 11 days, 11 days, um, met so many hikers there. Uh, am I getting too sidetracked here? Well, I guess, Maybe a little bit, but it's still in the vein of like what I'm asking, which is like, you break your foot, you know, that now that you, whereas initially, you know, it's a stress fracture and maybe you can walk it off. (laughs) Yeah, Um, no, that didn't work, but. And and it didn't work. And now you know that it's more serious or it's become more serious. And there was more time. Yeah, there was definitely a point in the very beginning of that whole process, like when we got to shelter Cove that I thought this was it. Like I was very into having to complete every single mile. So every day that went by, I was like constantly recalculating. Okay. Now we have to average 25 miles a day. I was telling this to Laura and I'm like a week would pass away. Now we have to do 30 miles a day. And it just became unrealistic. And eventually we just kind of let go of completing the rest of the miles and said, if we can get back on trail again, let's just hike what we want to hike and just remember why we came out here. And that's what inevitably led to us getting a bus ride up to the trail days in, in Cascade Locks and then continuing our hike from the Oregon-Washington border back into Canada. Was there ever a moment where you did say, oh, we're just, it's, it's over now, we're, we're done? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There was like, I think I was even telling Laura and mm-hmm. shelter Cove, like trying to like work out our exit strategy to like, which town are we going to fly out of? Like going back to like Medford and flying home from there or, um, going up to Portland and flying home. Like we were more working on that plan than we were continuing the hike. But I think just meeting more and more hikers and they kind of like, um, reassured me that it doesn't matter about hiking all the miles. You know, I talked to a friend of mine who did it back in 2017 and I told him like all my problems and he loved that. And um, yeah, everyone was more, way more reassuring than I thought they would. I thought they would judge me as being this failure of not being able to complete everything. And I was putting way too much pressure on myself for that. And I think your friend also reminded you that like you came on, you started the PCT not just to through hike it, but also to have like a summer where you're hiking and you're having a good time. So I think hiking as opposed to just finishing the trail. 
it became that. And it, it was, it, it made the rest of the trail that much more great because all of a sudden there was no pressure anymore to make big days. There was no, no need to stress about anything else. And that just made life a lot easier. Yeah. I appreciated that a bit because yeah, yeah, before then we were like, Oh, we have to start making 25 mile days. So then we can start building, building more. And I think that's partially why you tripped because we were trying to go fast. Um, So yeah. So like, especially when we had our, had our break and then we got up back on the trail, we were, limiting ourselves maybe 10 miles 15 miles a day so that not even meant that we could really take our time and if we wanted to stop we could stop if we wanted to take more photos we just we just did that completely changes the nature of the hike it was you know like what could have been like uh, a really kind of depressing like rush trying to finish everything turned washington into like one of our favorite parts of the whole thing because we were really nonchalant about everything. And I think our energy might've even been somewhat annoying to other hikers that were really pushing to get everything done. Like we were going through this one burnout area and we had found all these wild strawberries. And so we just threw our packs off and we started gathering all these blueberries and all these uh, strawberries Mm -hmm. And we had like handfuls of them and other hikers were just coming through and they just kind of looked kind of, some of them looked a little bit unhappy. I don't know why it was hot, exposed uphill. Like what's there to be angry about? And I would stop them. I was like, dude, there's strawberries. And you go, Oh, I just keep walking. Maybe uh, they didn't have the same enthusiasm I did, but oh, well, you know. Well, it's, it's so interesting. Like you saying that because, I, I feel like a lot of times, you know, it's about the miles. It's about getting the miles. It's about doing all of the miles. Um, and while that is a hard thing to give up, once you give it up or let it go and it, let it be what it's going to be, there's a there's such a great freedom in that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. Like maybe it was also part of just being so close to the end that. And we knew we were going to make it more or less um, that there was really less, you know, stress about having to have big days anymore. We weren't racing. A, we weren't racing visas. We weren't really racing the weather yet because it was still like beginning of September. So I felt like most things were on our side and I really didn't want to get hurt again. So it was it was like the very, very last day was the only day that we ever did over 20 miles. And I remember we woke up on the very last morning and I was like telling Laura, I was like, Laura, we're only, we're only 24 miles from the border. Like we could be done today if you wanted to. And that's all the convincing she needed. (laughs) Um, So we did those 24 and then we did the last eight miles to Manning park. And that was our biggest day we ever had on trail was 32 miles um, to get into the lodge at eight o'clock. Nine o'clock. Yeah. Well, no, because that's when the restaurant closed. Okay. Yeah. But we were knackered. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We were like, it was raining every day. My, the skin on my toes was coming off because my feet were always wet. And I was just like, it was just the last day. You're just kind of pushing because you know, you're only like 25 miles away from free healthcare. And, (laughs) you know, we'll just let them deal with it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, just let them deal with it. Guys, I got everything. Just fix it. Like, no problem. Jump on the waiting list. (laughs) 
So was it like Laura with you saying, okay, yeah, let's, let's do the 24. Was it literally like the weather was so bad and you were just done with doing, with being out there in that weather at that point, or were you just kind of done in general with, with the hike? The weather was definitely a factor. Um, I think it'd been like raining. It felt like maybe two, three weeks nonstop in Washington. Like even when we went into town, like our things didn't have time to dry off properly before you had to put on your wet shoes on. And just, it just became like a little bit miserable, like definitely hard to get up in the morning compared to other places. And I think just for me, going up a mountain is hard enough when it's, you know, pouring rain and then as soon as you, you stop it's so hot but like the fact that we were also so close to the end like you know it's been six months in the making that we were going to finish like it, it was just like oh like you know we could maybe get a room in the lodge like we'll be at the end so I was just like yeah let's do it I want a burger like <laughs> I want a hot meal do that it. doesn't come from a cab stove yeah it was it was how we did everything yeah that last stretch was just go for it and man, like little side note to like Canada and like the way they maintain the trail, they really got to improve that section. Yeah, that was rough. That rough like trail. eight miles between the border and Manning Park, terrible. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. They didn't make it easy to come to finish. No, we're just like thinking, don't worry, we're in Canada. It's good. We're fine. Like trees and mud and, you know, it was nothing pleasant at all. It, it almost feels like, I know that we're, you're going border to border, but it almost feels like that additional eight miles should somehow be counted as part of the trail because you such have su- to hike it. It's such a sucker punch. I know. You, know? <laughs> you get in and then you're just like, it, it's the longest. It's That eight miles is longer than the whole trail. <laughs> really, I don't know how they do it. And then top it all off, you get to the road and then you still have this long road walk to get into Manning Park Lodge. And then luckily for us, they were having a racing competition and a wedding, which meant like all the rooms were bucked up and like the parking lots were just full of cars. And I'm like, oh, this is not, this isn't looking good. But we went up to the counter and I'm like, oh, I'd like a room, please. (laughs) Whether she was lying to me or not, but she said, oh, we have one room left. And we managed to get a room for that night. Um, Yeah, it was it was heavenly. That made it worth it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just wash it, just washing everything off because for the whole time, like I hadn't had any blisters, but because my feet were so wet for the last two weeks, that's I think the second last day I started developing a blister. So I was happy to be done also. Mm. You can you can do anything for one day. Yeah. <laughs> And like our, our, when our friends picked us up, like they hadn't, they're the ones that laughed at us and said we weren't going to do it. So they picked us up and they hadn't really seen us. And since they like saw us before we hit the trail and like, they kind of made this joke as they took us out to um, like dim sum, like an all you can eat dim sum restaurant in Vancouver. And they just pretended that they were working for some like (laughs) mission gospel like salvation like taking out like this underprivileged like like (laughs) homeless homeless guy it was mostly me laura looked fine but i still had like my like exceptionally sweat stained dirty shirt on and my like dirty hiker shorts on and i could put my toes through my shoes 
And I would walk through this like giant restaurant to the bathroom and people, everyone was just staring at me like, who is this guy? Should he be in here? Should he be in here? But when we sat down, I, I must've looked hungry because it's the kind of dim sum restaurant with like carts on it. So like in a matter of seconds, there was like eight carts by our table. <laughs> just like. They know. could feel the hunger. The hiker they knew hunger. I was going to be, um, they knew I was going to be hungry. We, we ate a lot that day. Yeah. What was the most challenging or one of the most challenging moments for each of you on the trail? Lori, you want to hit that one? For me, it was, I mean, I'm sure lots of people have said this, but like um, doing the stream crossings in the Sierra, like the snow was like, I grew up in Australia, so snow is always a novelty to me, but like having to hike through it for days on end um, is just a whole different challenge. Um, so that was like, you know, getting up at 4am was hard, just, just, but it made sense because you didn't want to be post hauling enough as like all day. So like that made sense. You wanted to be hiking on hard snow. So that was, that was fine. But the stream crossings, especially since I'm, I'm short, so I'm already at a disadvantage and um, the water is ice cold because it's glacier melt. Um, I think that was, that was really challenging and because it required teamwork. So I like relied on Andrew for a part of it, but I was like, at the same time, I can't rely on him because it, it is like a life or death situation in some situations. And um, we know that, you know, people have died from stream crossing. So I think mm -hmm. that actually doing it, it was like definitely quite scary. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think like after, especially when there were quite a few crossings that, you know, on gut hooks, it, it didn't say it was a crossing, but then we get there and it's somehow it's a crossing now because there's just so much water. Um, so that was also, um, yeah, just really difficult because you get out of it. You're like, yes, I'm, I survived. But then like, if you cross in the, in the morning, it's still dark, you're hiking and you're freezing cold, but you don't want to put your dry clothes on because you just get wet. So that was just, yeah, really difficult physically and also mentally and I think it for me it got to a part where I was talking to myself and I was like oh is this like a really brave thing or is it a bit stupid because I, I just couldn't I just wasn't sure and I think yeah that that was the hardest bit for me and, and we left um partially because of my apprehensions of like other stream crossings that were going to be difficult coming up when you say you left what does that mean well, we skipped a portion of the Sierra after we got over, I think, Mather Pass. Like, just, just before Muir Pass, there's, there was just, like, this harmless, like, icy slope. But I guess there's, like, it covers a bunch of, like, rocky terrain. And I think Laura just stepped on a soft piece of snow and fell through and kind of landed on her back on a bunch of rocks. And she looked like she was in pain and, you know... um, we just kind of once she was kind of settled down, I said, and we just like, I asked you, like, do you want to leave or do you want to keep going? Because we were right near that Bishop Pass junction. So, um, yeah, she just said she wants to go. And, and then we, we ended up leaving, getting up to Bishop and then skipping up ahead to a less intense section. So non-snowy section. <laughs> yeah. Well, and to put it into perspective, you guys were out there in 2019, which was a very, very heavy snow year. Um, but 
when in doing that, I guess is, is sort of, you had to face the idea of not doing every step. It was that back then it was innocent enough because we, we were getting out with um, our two friends, uh, Airbud and Fitbit, um, and also Pineapples. And she, she ended up flipping up as well, I think, to Chester. Yeah, we all flipped um, up to Chester. Old but station. she made it all the way to the Northern Terminus, came back and finished the Sierra. And that's what all of our plan was. And we had no other reason to believe every, nothing else, like it wouldn't work. So, um, you know, I was still feeling okay. I remember I was a little bit sad eating my pizza in Bishop because I wanted to have like that notorious, like continuous footpath, but it didn't work out as well. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I was sad. I ate the pizza and, you know, semi-happy, but, you know, it worked out still, you know. But that's, yeah, why we were kind of trying to make the miles already because we're like, oh, like if we're going to flip back down, that'll take time. So then we need to make sure we give, have that extra time so we can finish off, like yeah. continue continue the footpath. Yeah. And then what about for you, Andrew? What was the one of the most challenging? I mean, really like it. I'd have to like go into like the Sierra as well, because, you know, we kind of formed like a little group, but I, I was somehow kind of thrust to kind of leading everybody through the water crossings and leading everyone through all of the mountain passes. And, you know, they were terrifying for me, but everyone was kind of looking at me for how to get through it at the same time. So I was kind of having to like hide how I felt even from Laura um, because I didn't want anyone to have like any doubts. Everyone kind of had their own little cliques and I was like, okay, we're going to go up this route. We're going to cross the stream here. And, you know, I'm thinking it's safe, but I'm also don't want to put anyone in a position that they're not. So, you know, I felt like there was a lot of pressure and kind of made it a little bit daunting at times um, with, especially the stream crossings, like those, I still hear water crashing down and I get like that, nervous feeling you know thinking oh, i don't want to cross that <laughs> you know but yeah it was, it was definitely there was some pressure in there that made it a little bit difficult when you were i guess kind of shoved into that role was it because of a previous experience that you had had with snow and that kind of stuff or it just sort of fell on your shoulders in yeah i mean like i had done some like stuff before in the snow so like Back in like, like Idlewild area, everyone was scared of like this Apache peak and going around that, those ice chutes. And then, you know, I was showing everyone how to kick steps and how to self-arrest with ice axes and how to traverse those safely. Um, and then when it came time to the mountain passes in the Sierra, it's like everyone in the group kind of took their turn having an emotional breakdown. And you know, first it was Laura, you know, you had a great time, but we were climbing up, um, Forrester pass and I was in the front and we're all just kind of waiting our turn to cross the ice chute. And I turn around and I see Laura's like puffed up eyes, like ready to cry. And I'm like, what's wrong. And she just looks at me. She's like, I looked down because <laughs> it was just so steep. And I was trying, you know, we had done really stupid things before going on like that boulder in norway where there's like huge height risk and falling down and she had no problem so i was really baffled about why this was an issue 
but you know, I was, I consoled her and, you know, and we had other friends doing other mountain passes that had like mini freakouts when, you know, it wasn't very stable and, you know, um, yeah, everyone just kind of naturally looked at me as like, okay, what's the decision we're doing now? And that's how that kind of happened. I didn't, I didn't like go out of my way to be the group leader. I was more than that. I even tried to, when we went up my other pass, I stayed in the back and the other person that was in the front was going way off this way. <laughs> and they're just like, Andrew, Andrew, you, you lead. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do it. And maybe it's because like you're Canadian, there's an assumption that he's, that he's um, got a lot of experience in the snow, I think. Yeah. It, North. it was kind of fun. I'm like, oh, this is how I get to work every day. <laughs> you know, it was no problem, you know? normally it's the polar bears pulling you up mm -hmm. exactly yeah. uh, so it's kind of fun to play around with is there anything that we haven't talked about that we should um no i think i mean like we've covered a lot i just keep thinking like it was uh, the trail just ended yesterday sometimes and people are having family met one couple and now they have kids kid yeah I, th I think like, that's the strange thing about time. It's almost like we have to go do it again soon. Exactly. I mean, there's miles left that you haven't seen yet. I know. Like, it's definitely come up a few times. Like, Laura, like, like we had this surge of independence and um, prior, like, just after we started, like, really experimenting more with our relationship about how to have more independence from each other. And um, when we started to, like, do our own resupplies in Washington, you know, the conversation kind of came up about completing the miles we missed in like another year. And one of those conversations has been like, we take turns completing them where Laura goes back and finishes the mile she wanted to complete like in Oregon. And I would just support her from home. And then I would go and do it at another date. So that way we both didn't have to take time off working again. And we're both pretty comfortable with that arrangement. Yeah. You know, like I I've have total faith in her that she could do it. Like she was a badass on trail and she'd be more than happy to get rid of me for a month or two um so it kind of always win-win yeah i think having been on trail for six months and being part of that community it makes me a bit less apprehensive hiking by myself especially as a female i mean i know and like we met like many like so solo hikers who were women and they you know either like were fine being by themselves or like found it pretty easy to um, hike as part of a tramley. Like, so I feel like having seen that, like I would be comfortable enough to hike by myself for, for a time without him. Yes. Well, and I feel like that in and of itself is a momentous thing. Um, you know, the, the confidence that is gained through that. Totally. I think it's, it's strengthened us as a couple for sure. Like we realized we got through all this and now, you know, kids won't mean kids will be easy. <laughs> Let's see. You know, the kids are a different famous program. last words. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, yeah. You know, like we did this and now, you know, we have strategies and techniques and stuff to work through any other challenges we have. So I think it'll be, it'll be okay. I hope. I don't we'll know. See. <laughs> we'll see what happens. You know. But hey, for any uh future hopeful couples that, you know, do decide to try to tackle it, just uh 
you know, got to talk to each other and that's it. You know, you don't know what the other person's thinking. So. I mean, yeah. And having separate toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) And snacks. Don't forget the snacks. Yes. Never share your snacks, even with your significant other. (laughs) Especially. Especially (laughs) when they eat them all in one day. And pizza. Yes. You don't share pizza. No. And I'll never have to share a tent with another person, even if it's you. We're always going to have, like, if we have. from now on? There's there's smells that (laughs) never want to be smelled again, you know? Like your feet. (laughs) Yes. My feet can be a little bit, a little bit pungent at times. Yes. Um, But yes, if I have to, totally. But only with Laura. You learn about each other on a six month hike. Unnecessary things you have to learn about each other. (laughs) You know, you know, I still like a little bit of mystery, but I was going to say out on the trail, there's absolutely no mystery. mystery. You know, so, Hey, you know, it, it is what it is. Right. But yeah, where can people find you to either ask questions or to follow your continuing adventures and see if you, you, if you do the trail again or finish the miles? Well, we, we have our, um, our Instagrams. Um, we don't really, we, we made a couple's one for a little bit, but we don't really follow that one anymore. So we just use our individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, Laura's is, uh, go dot wing dot it. So go wing it. (laughs) But if you just look up, yeah. And then mine was the one that you reached me at, um, like the, the go undeclared. Okay. Is it going to, yeah, it's going to declared. Is it underscores? <laughs> is it underscores? No, it can't be underscores. No. It's just go undeclared. One word. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. <laughs> that was all the way back from like the high school graduation. Long story short. So yeah. Yeah. So Instagram is the best way. Perfect. So now flipping to the other side of the coin. What was one of your favorite or most memorable times out there, moments out there? Probably like any time we met a trail angel. <laughs> there was that, like, it's just so amazing how, how people can be so generous to strangers. And especially, you know, when we, when we smell and we, yeah, we just smell and are so dirty. But I think one of the coolest times was in, Oregon oh no when we were northern California we had was it four straight days of trail magic of some sort five straight days five straight yeah we celebrated the five days of trail magic (laughs) like and they weren't just like little tiny like tiny ones they were like full spreads of pancakes or there was like a guy telling us that he made way too much tacos and he needs our help right now (laughs) um and so I'm like, I'll do my best. And like 18 tacos later, he's like, can you eat any more? I have spaghetti coming. And we met Rosie Church as well. So she was a trail angel in Chester who was hosting hikers. So that, it started there, I'd say. And then like she had us over that night and then drove us to the trail. And then, yeah. One of my, yeah, I'm just going to follow along with the trail magic story. But like one of my favorite moments out of everything was um, one of our friends, uh, Fish Tank. Um, he, he has his own blog or whatever, but I guess he's kind of sort of popular on trail just because we were walking. We saw this paper plate with his name on it, fish tank, and with an arrow pointing down this like <laughs> forest road. So we just follow this because we're like, hey, any friend of fish tank is a friend of us. <laughs> and we show up and there's like three of these massive like RVs all parked there. They have a, 
they have they're giving us ice cream and soda and they have these dogs to play with and i was like cool trail magic so then we're like hey whatever we'll keep going after that and we get into old station. old station and as we're getting there these two guys in the campground they just yell at us from the dark <laughs> recesses of the forest like Are you guys hiking the pct and we're like yeah and keep we're, <laughs> we keep walking and then they yell at us again it's like are you hungry <laughs> And we're like, yeah. <laughs> so we come into the campground and there's, they spend the whole evening asking us all these questions about the PCT. Meanwhile, they're like, do you want another hot dog? I'm like, yeah. Do you want some, do you want some carrots and some pepperoni sticks? And I'm like, yeah. And they just keep feeding us food after food after food. And they were so nice. They were they, so generous. They were, yeah. they, they were the, man, it was because we were wandering around that area trying to find a camping spot. We couldn't. And then they just kind of took us in and, and they were they were so nice to us, just completely random. And uh, they were just so blown away by Laura's stature hiking the trail and the fact that the trail was like right next to them and they didn't know and they just absolutely loved that. You know, it was it was, it was so much fun that night. Random but fun. Yeah. Which it feels like a lot of the experiences on the PCT or in through hiking in general are. You know, the, the people you meet are, it's very random, but mm. it's, it's also seemingly purposeful at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it has a weird synergy like that. You know, like you, you won't think anything of it until like it starts to happen. And then, you know, it turns into like this great memory or experience. Um, what was, was it? Titty Talenti? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Titty. I don't know anyone's real name, uh, <laughs> but I've, at first she, she had like a nice like attitude towards her. Uh, we'd met her just before Stahican and she was getting off trail because her visa was running out and she was only 90 miles short, but she oh. couldn't get there in time. And so she just unloaded all of her food on us. And besides there being like all these like luxurious dehydrated meals, um, one of those unloading things turned in, turned out to be this, like gallon sized bag of sour patch kids and Laura's looking at me and I'm looking at her like, is it okay if I take all of it? Clearly she's saying no, but whatever. I took like all of it and we got into Stahik and I thought she would have been so depressed to be getting off trail, but she wasn't, she was just so happy to be where she was and, and do it all. And totally if I had any self-doubt left about not completing everything, like that was all washed away in that last stop, you know? And, um, you know, sh- yeah, it was great. There was a lot of positive vibes there. Like, like mm-hmm. that was a really fun stop. Did you get the cinnamon roll? You know, and plus like it included a lot. Yeah. That was a, several trips to the bakery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> several, several trips. That was a good bakery. The whole walk, the whole town is like really cool. You know, it's definitely like a must stop. I would do it all over again. Yeah. Totally. I but love it, that town. And it's one of those towns where you truly have to earn your way into it. Like there's not, you can't get to it really much any other way. No, no, not at all. And then like the, the boat keeps unloading with like tourists <laughs> and the tourists just kind of look at that deck with all those like homeless people on it. And, you know, we're all just there with like these boxes and like, and like I was just raiding the hiker box, so I was trying to find just enough food because there was zero food really to buy in in Stahik, and that was like 
hiker friendly unless you wanted to take like a whole pizza frozen with you. But um, so yeah, it was just like whatever was in the hiker box. You just kind of wait by the post office and you'd be like, hey, you go into the hiker box with that <laughs> post box of yours and then kind of follow them over there. And um yeah, it was it was kind of fun. I got to like mingle with some of the uh ultralighters, you know, for once. They're all talking about like this guy has like this backpack and like it's tiny. So small and he's like <laughs> I don't know how he was surviving, but, you know, I just pretended like I was one of him for a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? Oh yeah. You know, my base weight's like five, five kilos, whatever, not five pounds, but you know, they don't know the difference. It's the whole measurement thing. Like it's yeah. very confusing. No, it's great. Like the, I just, I wanted to say this one just because I know we're running out of time, but like that with the post office and the whole metric Imperial mm-hmm. thing was we were sending our, bear cans into lone pine? lone pine and i can't remember like he was he told me it was like 12 pounds seven ounces and i was like well how much is that in kilos <laughs> and so he's like hang on a sec so he goes onto the computer and he starts and like a few minutes pass and he's like trying to work it all out and he just comes back to me and he's like it's 12 pounds seven ounces <laughs> I was like, all right, then. <laughs> Work it out myself. I'll do it at home later. How much is an ounce? I don't know. Mm. We'll figure it 30, out. Yeah, one day. But yeah, that was, that was, that was uh, the PCT in a nutshell. A huge thank you to Andrew and Laura for sharing their stories from the trail. And Maya Wynn for the use of the song, Try Again. If you want to see our conversation, we now also have a video version of this podcast on our website at hiking-through.com, or you can go directly to the brand new Hiking Through channel on YouTube. On next week's episode, I'll be talking with Sockton Hikes, known off-trail as Rebecca Sperry, about her 2020 breast cancer diagnosis and the trails of New Hampshire that calm her. I hope that this conversation, these conversations, inspire you to get out there and have a few hiker trash moments of your own. Or, you know, pull up with some epic trail magic. I'll see you on the trail. Mm-hmm.